Hello and good morning. Happy Sunday to you. Such a great privilege to come into your homes. If you're connected with us live or you stumbled on this broadcast at some other time, I would love to welcome you to KICC in the greater Toronto area where we're raising champions and taking territories. Once again, what a joy it is to come to you in your homes and we wish you a very happy Sunday. We're sure that the grace and the glory of the Lord rests upon you and your family. And we promise that we are going to have a nice time in the word this morning. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you've been connecting with all our online services. Uh, the very first one was on the Wednesday. I believe you can find it on our YouTube pages or our Facebook channel. All right, the first, uh, I believe, midweek live broadcast was We Made It Through, part one. And then the Sunday, uh, we had a conversation on Psalms 91 that you are included. You are included as part of God's plan. You are included as those who dwell, who should dwell. The gates to the secret place, uh, the borders in this kingdom are open. All right. We hope you've listened to that and you've been blessed by that. We hope you've shared it with your contacts and they've been blessed by that. Praise God. And last week, just last Wednesday, um, we talked about, we made it through part two on the need to be still and to remember. All right. So these are resources that are available online for you absolutely free at desperate, interesting times like this. Just for us to continue to ensure that we have our feet solidly rooted on the rock. On Christ, the solid rock, we stand all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. So, welcome to church. Welcome to church. We are the church. Once again, it's a privilege to come into your homes. I'm sure you have your Bibles ready and you have your pens ready. I'm sure you're ready to dive into the Word of God. And it is my prayer that we will be changed as we study the Word in Jesus' name. Uh, if you don't mind, let's just say a very quick word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for another opportunity we have to gather as your children. Thank you because we have come to our fellowship with you. Thank you because the enemy, with all the plans and the turmoil in the world, cannot stop us from worshipping. This is what we were created for. We were made to worship you. We were made to bring you glory. We were made to rejoice and to celebrate in your presence. Thank you for the opportunity we have to do that. Only the living can praise you. Thank you for life. It's your breath in our lungs and we pour out our praise unto you as we've come to feast on your word this morning we ask gracious father that you speak to us that the eyes of our understanding will be open we will receive light we will receive illumination we will be transformed by your word and we will return with testimonies all the glory will be unto you alone for in jesus name we have prayed in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. All right, depending on what part of the world you are watching from, whether you are here with us in the greater Toronto area or you're somewhere within the province of Ontario or somewhere in the country, Canada, or somewhere in North America, wherever you are joining us from the surface of the earth, we would love to welcome you. I would love to invite you to dive with us into the Word of God. We live, we live in very hard, turbulent, interesting times. And many people have their faith shaken. Many people are living in doubts. Some have lost jobs. Some have lost investments. Some are suddenly worth a fifth or, or, or a, a tiny percentage of what they were worth just a month ago. There's so much uncertainty. There's no guarantees. There's no economic guarantees. Forecasts are the economies all over the world are moving into recession. And it's trying times for people because even as God's children, we live in this system, but we must remember that our source is not from this system. 
our source is not from this system. So it's times of uncertainty, but I want to enjoin you, dear child of God, that if there was a time you needed your faith to be strong, it is now, and faith cometh by hearing. Faith doesn't come by motivation. Faith doesn't come by statistics. The statistics will fail you. The forecasts will fail you. They will build fear, not faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the source, the primary feeder of information into you in this period has to be the word of God. It can be Twitter. It can be the news. It can be your, your regular news outlet. Yes, you have to stay informed, but you have to stay instructed. Beyond information, you need instruction for life. Because I know of a truth that God who is faithful, God who is good, he will deliver us out of this. And this is not the end. Do not believe any lie the enemy is selling to you. Do not buy it. This is not the end. We're going to come out strong. We're going to come out stronger. We're going to come out with great possession. In the mighty name of Jesus. Adversity, times of adversity will always produce winners and losers. Now, follow me this morning. Follow me. Uh, I, I am praying that the Lord will open your heart to receive this word. This is the reality. That times of difficulty, times of turbulent winds will always produce winners and will always produce losers. Go to the history books. Look at the times of recession. Some made bets, some lost. Some got laid off, some got new jobs. As we speak, their companies laying off and their companies say, we are hiring. What is the difference? Positioning, positioning. And it is my prayer that in the midst of these turbulent winds, in the midst of all of this adversity, you will come out on the winning side. You will come out on the prosperous side. You will come out with great testimonies. In the mighty name of Jesus, for someone under the sound of my voice, what was easier in your mind for God to do when things were a lot clearer? God is saying, I am choosing this season to make it possible for you so that you will know that I do not need the clouds to bring rain into your life. Glory to God. Come on, I receive that for myself in the mighty name of Jesus. So God is the God in the mountains, is the God in the valley, is the God in economic prosperity, is the God in economic recession. The source that we are connected to is called the riches in glory. It's unlimited. There is no limit. There are no eyes. There is no influence of inflation, deflation. There is no quantitative easing in his, in his economy. In his economy, there is always surplus. There is always abundance. Glory to God. Glory to God. So adversity will always produce winners and it will always produce losers. It is my prayer that not only will you come out of this alive, but you come out on the winning side. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. If there is anything that the Lord wants you to hold on to in these uncertain times, it is a commitment to spiritual growth. Hmm. A commitment to spiritual growth. For a lot of God's children, we've played church for so long. We've been nominal. We've just been showing up. Now there's even no physical gathering. So there's even no showing up involved. The real test of your relationship is now. Your fellowship with the word. Your fellowship with the spirit. Your ability to worship by yourself with your children. To say, kids, come. Let's raise our voices and just worship the king of heaven. Your commitments to prayer without the physical gathering. Many people are fed off the covering of the physical gathering. And now that that is taken off, the real church is exposed. The real people, the real children of God, the ones maintaining fellowship with Christ. Praise God. So I've titled today's discourse, A Time to Grow. It's a time to grow. It's a call unto spiritual growth. It is a call unto spiritual growth. These are times of strong winds, economic winds, Medical winds, financial winds, strong turbulent winds. All right. And the Bible tells us that the winds have the capacity to toss to and fro. But the one who is tossed to and fro has to be an infant, has to be one who has not grown, one who has not built character. One who has not built internal strength. I'm not talking of physical strength. I'm not talking of some motivation that is empowered by some vision board. I'm talking of deep rooted inspiration, instruction, revelation, illumination that comes from the word of God. Praise God. 
Praise God. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. It says, And you be not tossed to and fro like infants. It says, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 and 14. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's take 14 first. And then we'll go to verse 13. Ephesians chapter 4. Praise God. It says, You not being tossed to and fro like infants by every wind of doctrine. By every wind of doctrine. Now we are just speaking out the concept of turbulent winds and infants saying okay great it says that we should no longer be children another version says infants tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men by the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting please let's stay on this verse a bit now this verse in context is saying that the key to you not being tossed to and fro by doctrines turbulent winds of funny doctrines all right especially at times like this when people are saying all sorts about where is god who is god does he really love us does he care about his children will a loving god indeed allow this to destroy some and will he protect some is this everybody is he even there at all you know sorts of all sorts of conversations all going on but i want you to look at this the connection between wind turbulent wind and the ability of that wind to have effect is the maturity there. It says that we should no longer be children. We should no longer be infants. Spiritually, we should no longer be infants. In every area of your life, you should no longer stay at the infant level. It says you should come up higher. You should come up higher. Let there be a commitment to growth. Because that is what will see us through times of adversity and times of turbulent winds and it is my prayer that as you are connected to us this morning every storm that is raging over your life over your family over your finances i speak peace into that storm in the mighty name of jesus that the storms and the winds that are destroying others it will lift you you will soar like eagles and you will come out triumphant in the mighty name of jesus Glory to God. Can we see verse 13 very quickly? Verse 13, I love verse 13 so much. It says, till we all come, until we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ. Glory to God. So it's a time to grow. I want you to say to yourself, you might not be able to tap your neighbor. I know you're probably in the house watching in with people that you live with anyways, but just say to yourself, it's a time for me to grow it's a time for me to grow it's a time for me to grow many people in this period have not opened their bibles to read one chapter it's just following the news and they are wondering when they are going to die i have news for you you need to stop getting your news from the news i need to pay attention to what of what the word of god says because that is the only place where you find good news i do not want to know when i'm going to die i would rather find in the word what the word says about me that it will satisfy me with long life glory to god there won't you won't find that on the news you find that only in the good news so i want to encourage you don't be far from the study of god's word once again say to yourself it's my time to grow it's my time to grow it's my time to grow by his grace i make a commitment to study of the word by his grace i make a commitment to prayer by his grace i make a, a commitment to the fellowship of the spirit praise god i said praise god why must we make a commitment to growth why must we make a commitment to growth in seasons and in times of adversity Everyone needs an anchor. Everyone needs an anchor. A lot of people have had their anchors. They've had anchors in the stock markets. I've had anchors in the mortgage prices. Some have made intelligent bets. All of those anchors have crumbled. All of those anchors, just the key one of 2020, multiple anchors have, have, have already been demolished. However, there is an anchor that holds. There is an anchor that holds. An anchor that has held for centuries. An anchor that will still hold when 2020 is over. And if Jesus tarries, we will be here in good health with victory. With multiple testimonies of how we made it true. In the mighty name of Jesus. So everyone needs an anchor. And for us children of God, the anchor we have is his promises. We hold on to his promises. We hold on to his promises. We find ourselves in his word. We discover what he says about our families. We discover what he says about our children. 
We discover what he says about the works of our hands. We, we discover what he says about our finances, about our health, about our capacity for greatness in the world, about our capacity for impact and influence in our generation. We find all of those things as promises in his word. And when we find all those promises as anchors, automatically there is a demand for growth because promises are not for children. Hmm. Promises are not for children. Promises are not for infants. Infants will be tossed by the winds, by strong winds of adversity. So this message to you this morning is a call, is an invitation that there are promises waiting for you on the other side of your growth. You need to stop playing church. You need to stop playing religion. You need to stop playing with your relationship. This is a time for growth. This is a time to get serious because there's so much more on the other side. And it is my prayer that as you connect and you hear these words this morning, it will burn in your heart. And the grace, the grace to respond with hunger, to respond with passion, to chase after him, that grace is released. In the mighty name of Jesus. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I'll read verse 67 and maybe I'll just jump straight to verse 80. Luke chapter 1 verse 67 and then we jump to verse 80. Okay, let me read a couple of verses. Now his father, this is talking about John. Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying, let's see a little bit of the prophecy. Verse 68. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel for he has visited and redeemed his people. Verse 69. He says, and he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Let's move on. He says, and he spoke by the mouth of his only prophets who have been since the world began, 71. Alright? That we shall be saved from our enemies and from the end of all who hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. Now, if you continue with that stream of thought, you'll see prophecies. Prophecies. You can move on. Prophecies. And he goes on. Prophecies. Prophecies. Invoking prophecies. Invoking promises from the covenant. Invoking all of that. Now, the Bible says in verse 80, let's jump all the way down to verse 80. Now, these were prophecies. These were promises. The child could not receive them. The child could hear them. The child could have them in trust but there is a need for this child to grow to be able to activate the promise because it is the mature the grown that activates the promise praise god so you can see in times of adversity there is a call for growth because this is the period you won't feel like reading your bible this is the period you won't feel like praying. Many are saying, what should my prayer point be? Should I ask for mercy? Should I ask for forgiveness? What, what exactly should I be praying for? This is a call for repairing your altars. For you to get lost in the place of his presence. Soaking in his presence. Having fellowship. Communion with the spirit. Where you are not just looking for the points to pray about. But for the things it will whisper to you. The things it will whisper to you in the place of prayer. Praise God. Verse 80. It says the child grew and became strong in spirit. And was in the desert till the day of his manifestation. So for the manifestation of the promises. For the manifestation of the prophecies, this child, you and I, must live infanthood. We must make a commitment to growth. This child must grow. This child must become strong in spirit. Dear child of God listening to me, this is the time. This is the season. This is a call for you from the throne of grace to a higher place, to a deeper place. A call to be strong in spirit. To be fervent in the word. To be fervent in spirit. This is a call. This is a call. This is a call to you. To be fervent in spirit. Praise God. I said praise God. He says the child grew. He became strong. Very strong in spirit. He was taken away for a period of time. Until the day of his manifestation. It is my prayer for you. Under the sound of my voice, that your season of manifestation is here. Your season of manifestation is here. In the mighty name of Jesus, all the promises, all the promises of God concerning you, as long as they've been released from his mouth, they will not return to him void. It is my prayer that your season of manifestation has come. In the mighty name of Jesus. But there is a beckoning, there is a requirement that this child must no longer remain a child. It's a call to be strong in spirit. Praise God. Praise God. A growth. Growth is a must. Growth is a must. If you must lay hold of the anchor, if you must lay hold of the promise, growth 
is a must. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Let's connect that to Luke chapter 1 verse 80. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. It says, now I say that the hair, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all. I don't know if that is in your Bible, but that is instructive. He's saying that you might have all the prophecies. You might have all the promises. It is your rightful inheritance. That's absolutely correct. But he says, if you will remain a child, if you will remain an infant, then there is no difference between that one and one who is still bound. One who is still a slave. Though he is master of all. So he's master of all. That's an oxymoron. Master of all but slave. And the changing of status from inheritor to master of all is not a slave status. It is refusal to remain a child. And I need you to get this. Refusal to remain a child. They're child of God. They're son of God. Hey, you listening to me right under the sound of my voice. There's greatness in your future. There's greatness in your future. His promises to you are real. They are true. However, he's saying you cannot remain a child. You cannot afford to remain a child. This is the time for you to grow. This is the time for you to grow because there are promises. There are prophecies waiting to be activated. The days of infanthood are over. The days of being spoon-fed. The days of asking, why have they not checked on me? The days of, 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 of religion. Those days need to be gone. There is a call for sonship. A call for sonship. A call unto maturity. It is my prayer that in this season of adversity, in this season of turbulent winds, the winds will not blow you away from him, but they will blow you to him. In the mighty name of Jesus. And that in his presence we will find life. We will find peace. We will find that anchor to hold on to. In the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. So very quickly over the next few minutes. I want to walk us. This process of transformation. From being an infant. From being a toddler. From being a baby. To rising up in maturity. To lay hold of the promise. To entering into the fullness of all that God has in store for us. Next week, Sunday, by God's grace, if Jesus tarries, God keeping us, will be alive and well in good health with multiple testimonies in the mighty name of Jesus. We'll be delving deeper into how this growth happens, how this growth happens. But this morning, I just want us to walk through a couple of thoughts that you can be in church, you can be around church, you can be doing religion. You might think you are growing, but growth has metrics. There is a way that we can know that you are growing. Ephesians 4 verse 13, he told us that so we all come to the, to, the, to the knowledge, to the measure of the stature of the fullness. All right, there are indices, indices, a call to maturity, a call to maturity as indices. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So why is it that people come to church? They spent five years, ten years in church. They are growing up in church. They are elders in church. But they are infants in faith. They are, they, they, they are, they are emeritus. Emeritus in church. But they are babies in the spirit. Why is it that many associate with the church? They claim to read their Bibles. They claim to believe in God. But in the day of adversity, there is nothing. There is absolutely no substance. The winds come and they are tossed to and fro like infants. Why is it so? We are going to walk through seven points here. And this is not finger pointing. This is not blame shifting. This is a call to examine yourself. And to ask yourself, where am I on this cadre? Where am I? Where am I? And where do I need to make adjustments? I know his grace is more than sufficient for me. I know in this season there is a call to maturity. A call to devotion. A call to a closer relationship. A call to communion. A call to koinonia. A call to intimacy. All right, and the grace is available. However, you need to find yourself and begin to make amends. And it is my prayer that as we walk through this, you will pray through the Spirit of God and the grace to make amends will be released. That you will come out as giants. At the end of this, you will come out as giants. You will come strong. As it was said of the boy John, that he became strong in spirit. That will be your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus, everything that is rightfully yours that you've not been able to lay hold of, just be 
because you have remained uh, a child, it is my prayer that as you, re as you heed the call to maturity, that those releases will begin to happen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number one reason, how can I be around church? How can I be around religion? How can I have been around for so long and I'm still not experiencing growth? Because I know his promises are true. His prophecies are true. So there has to be something. Is it possible I'm still a child? Is it possible I have not heeded the call to maturity? Number one reason, I'm going to walk us through seven reasons. Number one, why growth doesn't happen for God's children. Num seven reasons why growth doesn't happen. Growth, why growth doesn't happen. Number one, they've been in church, but they are not born again. They've been in church, but they are not born again. And someone is saying, now is that even possible? How can I be in church? How can I be a part of the workforce? I sing in the choir. I'm in the workforce. I'm part of the ushers. I'm part of the meters. I'm part of the greeters. I work in the technical department. If I'm not around, the service can't go on. If I'm not around, pastor is stranded. I am that critical to the church. I am that critical to the functioning and running of the church. Yes, you are that critical. However, do you have a relationship with him? Do you have a relationship with him? John, John chapter 6. John chapter 6 verse 64. John chapter 6 verse 64. There is always a mixed multitude. And not everyone will say, Lord, Lord. Not everyone will say, Lord, Lord, Lord. Really, really has him as their Lord. John chapter 6 verse 64. He says, but there are some of you who do not believe. Now, this was Jesus speaking to his followers. He was having a candid conversation with his believers, with his followers, pardon me. And he said, you follow me, but you don't believe. You follow me. You are reckoned by others as disciples. He says, you follow me. You come to church. You do all the motions. You are you serve in a department. You sing in the choir, yes. I see you laying hands. I see you trying to act like you are a believer. But you and I know that you do not believe. You are not born again. It's a tough pill to swallow. That you can be in church and not born again. That you can be in church but not be in Christ. John chapter 4. Let's go on to the next verse. He says, some of you do not believe. And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my father. Let's see verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples, many of his followers, many of those who had been doing ministry with him, many of those who have been regular in church, many of those who have constituted the crowd, the audience, many of those who have made things happen, who had organized the meetings, who had printed the flyers, who had shared the posts on their Instagram, who had invited people to church. They followed him. However, when push comes to shove, when the winds of adversity begin to blow, it separates the true believers from the followers. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Number one reason why you can be around church but there is no growth happening in your life is maybe because you've been in church and not in Christ. Number one, they are not born again. Examine yourself this day and ask yourself, do I have an activity-based relationship with the church or do I have a personal, intimate relationship with the Christ? Hmm. Number two, number two reason why growth doesn't happen for those who seem to be around church. Those who we would expect to be experiencing spiritual growth. Those who expect to be giants. Number two reason, these people have refused to commit to growth because they know a baby, a spiritual baby, who is very blessed. Now, that statement needs a lot of unpacking. What is your definition of very blessed? When your focus is on the material, you miss the essence of your relationship. They know somebody who is not committed to spiritual growth. They know an unserious person who is, who is here today, there tomorrow, and it seems as if God is blessing them. So if God is blessing them, and I know them, I mean, pastor might not know them, but I know them. I know the places we go to. I know the relationship we still keep. I know we show up on Sunday looking all, you know, trim and sanctimonious and holy and ready to lift up holy hands and to jump and to dance, you know, and to do all the steps and the motions. It says, but I know who we are in secret. I know who we are in secret, but God still blesses us. So if God can bless her the way she is, if God can bless him the way he is, then why do I need to stress myself? They don't even have a Bible. They don't have any Bible plans. 
about the streak of 450 days on you version. And where is the blessing on my life? So sometimes we are looking on the things we should not be looking at. Paul says that comparing themselves with themselves, comparing themselves with themselves, they know a super blessed baby. They know somebody who is committed to spiritual immaturity. And it still looks as though God is blessing them. Let's take a look at scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 6 and 7. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Verse 7. So that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. Let's go to verse 6 again. This was his testimony concerning these folks at Corinth. He said there is the testimony of Christ confirmed. It's confirmed in you. You guys, you guys, you have a confirmed testimony. Verse 7, it says that so that you come short in no gift. So they were walking in the gifts of the Spirit. They were walking in the gifts of the Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. Just the same way you know that brother who speaks in tongues, but you know what he still does in secret. You know that sister who speaks in tongues, and you know what they still do. A super blessed, super functional Walking in the gift of the spirit, spiritual baby. Is that possible? It says, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's see what it says about them in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 1 to 2. The same people who are functioning in gifts of the spirit, the same people who we know that they are born again, they've given their life to Christ, although they have committed to immaturity. They have committed to remaining carnal Christians. Let's see what he says. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Now, they are born again. Don't get him wrong. They are born again. The testimony of Christ is confirmed. They are flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. However, he reckons them as spiritually immature. He says, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal. And he says, For if you have any doubt of what I mean by carnal, he says it means as to babes in Christ. Babes in Christ. Let's go to verse 2. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you still are not able. You are still at milk level. He's saying this is where you started with. Struggling to read your Bible five years ago. You shouldn't still be struggling to read your Bible today. You shouldn't still be dependent on milk. That is what he's saying. He's saying there is an expectation just in the physical as we will be troubled if there is a five-year-old or a seven-year-old still using diapers. It's not normal. Or a 20-year-old. All right? There is an expectation of growth. And Paul here is saying that. I can't do that with you. I fed you with milk a while back and now you guys still need milk. Why? Because of your commitments to carnality. You've seen the gift of God moving around you. You've seen the blessing of God come upon you in measures. And you've taken that as a license to be committed to remaining babies. It is my prayer that for anyone under the sound of my voice, whatever encouragement from the pit of hell that wants you to remain where you are, I lift up such in the name of Jesus. And I decree that you are free. You are free. You are free. You are free. In the name of Jesus, you are free to go deeper. You are free to go deeper. You are free to go deeper. You are free to transcend from infanthood in the mighty name of Jesus. So number one, it's possible to be around church but not in Christ. It's possible to be around the, around the crowd, to be among the followers but to not believe. Number one, not born again. Number two, they know a super blessed baby. An immature Christian functioning in the gift of the Spirit. So they say, why? Why do I need to commit spiritual growth? Pastor, is, pastor needs to calm down. He needs to calm down. She needs to calm down. Can't we see other people? God is still blessing them. We need to calm down. This prayer is getting too much. We need to calm down. We need, you know, you, you hear people say things like that. It is my prayer that the fire on your altar will never go out. In the mighty name of Jesus, day and night, for you and your entire household, you will continually be on fire. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that the path of the righteous shines brighter. It means the fire of today. More than the fire of yesterday. It is my prayer that the fire on your altar will burn brighter. You will be on fire deeper. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number three reason. Number three reason. They know a spiritual adult. In quote. Somebody who we know is mature. They see a misbehaving adult. Hmm. I need you to follow this conversation this morning. This might not be your usual Sunday morning message, but it's, it's the word I'm led to bring your way. 
Number one, probably not born again. Following, but not believing. Number two, born again, but committed to remaining babies. Flowing in the gifts of the Spirit, but remaining carnal. Number three, they know an adult. Somebody who we know is mature. Somebody who we respect as spiritual leader. Somebody who we respect as pastor. Somebody who we call apostle. Somebody who we call prophet. Somebody who we call evangelist. Somebody who we celebrate as one many souls to Christ. Somebody who by all standards you say this person obviously is a mature Christian. Somebody who communicates spiritual mysteries with, with accuracy and with precision and with eloquence. Somebody who by all standards is a father figure. Somebody who by all standards is up there. Alright? But you know you are privy to the fact that they don't have their inside sorted. They misbehave. So you say, well, look at the people we are looking up to. If they do that, then who am I? I mean, if pastor can do that, then who am I? If our great prophet can do that, then who am I? <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Let's take it from verse 4. Second Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 4 to 6. It says, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Verse 5. It says, For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles. I think it's the NLT. It calls them super apostles. Verse 6, even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge. But we have been thoroughly, thoroughly manifested among you in all things. Somebody say thoroughly. Thoroughly manifested in you amongst all things. It is my prayer that as Paul says, we will look unto Jesus. We will look unto Jesus. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. We will not follow man. We will not follow woman. We will not, mis be, we will not be misled. In the mighty name of Jesus. God has given us pastors. He's given us teachers. He's given us prophets. given us apostles. He's given us evangelists for the edification. For the training of the body. To model the character of Christ. However, the goal is Christ. They point us to Christ. Through them we see Christ. And the moment where that image is not reflecting Christ, we know that this is no longer in keeping with the character of the Christ. And it is my prayer that the Lord will expose every wolf in sheep clothing. In the mighty name of Jesus, every toxic influence that has been released to destroy your faith, every residue of strength that you want to draw from God, every toxic influence that the enemy wants to use to pull down God's children, we come against it. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. I say glory to God. So number one, following but not believing. Number two, functioning in the gifts but remaining canal babies. Number three, the people they look up to as models and mentors who have modeled good character and spiritual upbringing for many years, you begin to come close and see inadequacies. You begin to see the frailties at close-up view and it begins to discourage you and say, look at the person I've looked up onto. That's number three. Number four, reason why many do not commit to growth. Number four reason is they are under attack. They are under attack. And it's amazing, it's amazing that the average Christian, especially if you are from the part of the world I'm from, our concept of spiritual attack is maybe some funny person showing up in your room, you know, with scattered, uncombed air, wearing black and some red patches and shouting, all right? And it's amazing that we, 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 we expect the attack of the enemy to have such dramatic manifestation, not knowing that the first attack on the believer, the first attack on the believer is an attack at your altar. Is an attack at the place of study. And that's what's happening in this period. Many people are breaking relationship. Not knowing fully well that what the enemy is doing is, is, is disengaging you from the word, the truth. To stuff you with facts and to build fear. That will ultimately lead to destruction. Hmm. But what God is saying is stay true to my word. He's saying stay true to my word. Stay true. Stay true to my word. Do not allow your altar to come under attack. 
Do not allow your altar to come under attack. Let's see Psalm chapter 119. You know, David was so in love with the word of God that the lengthiest passage in the scripture talks about one thing, the word of God. Let's see verse 23 and let's see verse 28. Let's see verse 23. Let's see verse 28. In medicine, some of the most sophisticated diseases are those that attack the immune system. The immune system is supposed to be your military, the fighters in your body to weight off infections. Some other infections or diseases will just do what they have to do and go. The real problematic ones will go and fight the immune system such that when the immune system is done and gone, then anything, anything can come in and have maximum expression. In the same way, dear child of God, the enemy is attacking you and you do not know because you don't feel attacked, because you don't look attacked, but your altar is being depleted. There is no relationship with the study of the word. There is no commitment to prayer. You are scrolling on the news and you are not feeding on good news. You are following the trends and you are not finding out what the word of God says about you. You are under attack, dear child of God. Today is a day of victory. I pray for you as you are under the sound of my voice that the attack of the enemy that has discouraged you and made everything spiritual boring. In the mighty name of Jesus, deliverance is coming to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, your hunger is being restored. Your passion is being restored. Your hunger is being restored. Your passion is being restored. In the mighty name of Jesus. Psalm 119 verse 23. It says, Phrixes, powerful people, powerful people, decision makers, they sit and speak against me. He says, but your servant meditates on your statues. He said, I don't care what is going on. I will stay and meditate on your word. Let's see verse 28. You literally could just read the old chapter. Verse 28. He says, my soul melts from heaviness. My soul melts from heaviness, from the realities of the time. For the world dealing with a pandemic. We don't know when the vaccine is going to be. We don't know how we are going to flatten the curve. We don't know how we are going to break this this rampage of this of this terrible infection. We don't know. It says, my soul melts with heaviness. It says, but you will strengthen me hmm, according to your word. You will strengthen me according to your word. Let me tell you that, child of God, your position of victory begins from sitting at his feet, studying to know his word, studying to know his truth. And it is my prayer that every attack of the enemy against your altar and the place of prayer, the place of study, Today marks the end of it. In the mighty name of Jesus, praise God. So we've walked through the first four reasons, the first four reasons, the next three reasons as we begin to wrap up, they are a bit deeper. For many of you, you might not be able to handle this, but it is my prayer that the Lord will give you illumination and the Lord will give you revelation. You are saying, what kind of Sunday morning sermon is this? What kind of church is this? Who is this guy? All right, this is the word of God to you. All right, you don't need to know who this guy is. His name is probably not important, but this is the word of God to you. Number one reason, they follow but do not believe. Number two, they are manifesting the gift or know somebody manifesting the gift who is still a baby. Number three, there's someone who has been looked forward to as a model or mentor who is misbehaving. So there is no motivation for them to commit to growth. Number four, under attack. The secret place is under attack. The immune system, the 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 the, 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 the seat of, of defense is under attack. That's number four. Number five, number five. Hmm, I'm praying that the Lord will give you understanding. Number five, why many will not commit to spiritual, supernatural growth. Number five is an exposure. Exposure to a predominantly prophetic ministry. Exposure to a predominantly prophetic ministry. Exposure to a predominantly prophetic ministry. There are many who have been in church for 10 years, 20 years, 15 years, and they love that the Lord has blessed them with a great prophet or a great prophetess who decrees and declares the word of God over their lives and they are grateful, they honor those relationships, they honor those, those channels and pathways of blessings and do not get me wrong, God puts these gifts into our lives to build us up. However, every form of building that undermines your own need to be built, hmm, every form of mentorship that needs you to remain small, 
you need to you need to begin to query that mentorship. Many have been to church and for 52 Sundays, they've never been challenged to study the word. They go to church and it's just a lot of declarations and a lot of amen and a lot of going back home. And when the situations of life show up and say, well, you're going to be sick. Yes, you're going to be sick. There is nothing in them to rebuke the fact that God's word already settled this. They don't know what God's word says. They don't know where it is. They just know that prophets have said that they will be healed. And now in the day of adversity, they need prophet. They need him to say a word. They need prophetess. They need her to say a word. Don't get me wrong. We bless God for these gifts. However, do not allow the blessing to be the reason why you are not committed to spiritual growth. Let's see a few scriptures very quickly. Mm. Matthew chapter 11. Let's just see Matthew chapter 11. Let's see verse 2 and 3. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. He said, and said to him, are you, the, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Are you the coming one or do we look for another? This is because, <clears throat> I need you to understand what this scripture is saying. This is John who had baptized many. This is John who had baptized Christ. This is John who said, I am not worthy. I am not worthy to untie the laces of your, the straps of your shoes. The one who at the baptism of Christ saw heaven open. All right, and he saw the spirit descend like a dove, and a confirmation saying, This is my son. A confirmation saying, This is my son. A confirmation saying, This is my son. Now he sends for an inquiry and says, Are you the one coming? Are we to look for another? That is what you risk when the commitment isn't into the said word. Hmm. Let's see another scripture and we tie it together. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14. If there's any way to explain this point, miracles do not build faith. Miracles do not build faith. Prophetic accuracy does not build faith. Hmm. Miracles don't build faith. Prophetic accuracy won't build faith. That somebody knows your phone number will not build faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 14. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And we know what Jesus said. How Jesus responded to them about the bridegroom and the old and the new wineskin. Alright, so that exposure to predominantly prophetic expressions at the risk, at the risk of a commitment. These guys were fasting. These guys were fasting. These guys were close to their prophets. However, there was a time where they were not sure again on who Jesus was. Some, just some period ago, he was the Christ. But now that things have gotten tough, but now that we don't know what is becoming of John's ministry, but now that, you know, many expected him to be a political deliverer, the, the, the Roman Empire was still very much intact. This man was busy doing miracles, healing the sick, preaching the gospel, and the Roman government was intact. They needed a king in the order of David. Son of David there was suggesting to the warrior dimension a restoration of the kingdom. But the kingdom was restored. It just wasn't a political one. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, so miracles never built anyone. It is the words that builds. Faith comes by hearing. Glory to God. So that's number five. Number five, do not get me wrong. It's good to be exposed to the prophetic. But there must be a commitment to the word. A commitment to prayer. A commitment to growth. A commitment to study. Beyond saying amen. A, a time of sitting and dissecting this thing. And, 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 and cutting it into bits and saying, God, what are you saying here? Holy Spirit, give me light on this scripture. A time, periods of illumination. Glory to God. Number six. Number six is an interesting one. Number five says predominantly prophetic ministry. Number six says they have been discouraged by a strong teaching ministry. Now, I did somebody say, you know what? I'm done. I'm changing the channel. I'm watching another live stream. I'm done with these folks. I'm done with this guy. I'm done with this pastor. I'm moving on. You just said prophetic can be too. Now we have somebody teaching us the word. And you're saying too much teaching of the word also can result in you not being spiritually mature. Yes. And I'm going to explain to you why. Open very quickly with me to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. We're going to read that scripture. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. It says, let us consider one another. 
in order to stir up love and good works. Let us consider one another, if you can give me any other version, to stir up love and good works, to inspire, to push ourselves onto good works. Let's see if you have any other version. A strong teaching ministry, which predominantly is the recipe for growth. How can it result in people who will remain babies? It says, is, is this still the NKJV? If we, if we can have any other version. If not, that's absolutely fine. All right, so how exactly does this work? I'm going to paint you a practical example. So you're exposed to a solid teaching ministry, a solid teaching ministry. And when you're encouraged to study and read your Bible, and you're like, oh man, I'm going to study Psalm 23. I'm just giving an example. Psalms 23, I'm going to study it. And you go, the Lord is my shepherd. And you begin to dissect it. You go to the Hebrew, you check the Hebrew word for shepherd, you know, you check everything. Oh, you just see everything. And you're like, oh wow, glory to God. Rev, revelation. Oh wow, revelation. Ah, I'm so proud of, of my study today. You know, I'm growing. You feel you're growing because you have revelation. And then you get to church. You get to church and God bless you. You are blessed by a wonderful teacher of the word. And your pastor says, today we are going to Psalm chapter 23 and I'm sure you are going to be blessed. And you're like, oh, glory to God. I just studied Psalm 23. And then your pastor starts. He just starts with the Lord is. He has not even gotten to shepherd. And he breaks it down and you are like, oh, wow. I never saw it this way. I never saw it this way. Now, there are two things you can do with that information. One is to spur one another onto good deeds. Saying that, man, this level that pastor is operating, I desire it. God, I'm going to go back to my scriptures. I know I'm still being taught. I know I'm still being mentored. But I need to start seeing things. The illumination comes by light. It comes by your spirit. I don't want to have an academic, intellectual relationship with the word. I need to start seeing things. The grace upon my pastor. The grace upon my teacher. The grace upon my mentors. It just took verse 1. I've read 1 to 6. I've studied 1 to 6. It's just by on verse 1. And my life is already changed. That is the right attitude. But for many people, they say, well, I tried to read Psalm 23. I got to church. Pastor broke it down. He made a big nonsense of my two hours of study. So why do I bother studying? When we are so blessed with an amazing teacher of the word. Let him feed us. Let him feed us. And the deliberateness required for maintaining their altar, it leaves just because they have a good teacher. It is my prayer that everything God has positioned to be a blessing to you will be a blessing to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. It changes status without adding sorrow. It is my prayer that the blessings of ministry gifts, your teachers, your pastors, your evangelists, they will be blessings to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. There will be the reasons why your level changes. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Number six. Number seven. Number seven, as we begin to tie this up for the brevity of time, it's been an unusual Sunday morning, I know. I know, thank you for hanging in there with us. If you are here watching this, it means you've stayed true. God bless you. Number seven. Number seven reason is the believers will enter into a performance-based relationship. Performance-based relationship. What that means is that you cannot really call them babies, but you cannot call them spiritually mature. The mood of their quiet time, the fire level rating of their altar is dependent on how God is behaving at the time. It's a performance-based relationship. What that means is that when they feel God is good, notice the word, not when God is good. Because the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So the Lord is good. The Lord is good. I don't know if you get that. The Lord is good. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is kind. However, there are times when he doesn't feel like the Lord is good. Those are moments that they are on break. They don't study. They don't go to church. They don't do the things they should do. Or they do it grudgingly. They just show up. A quiet practice. We'll be there. Service before they start disturbing me and hunting my life down. Let me just show up. But they know something is gone. But then a breakthrough shows up. Oh God, you are the greatest. Oh, you are bigger than the biggest. You are God. And they start singing all the eulogies because of a testimony. Hey, hey, your relationship needs to graduate from performance based. You need to stop feeling him to start knowing that he is always there. Faith, faith, strong faith, mature faith, knowing that he is God whatsoever. He is good whatsoever. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. One of the Apostle Paul's ministry partners. 
He says he has forsaken me. He has come to fall in love with the present world. He has departed. He's gone somewhere else. Once upon a time, he was with us. Once upon a time, we did ministry together. Once upon a time, we cast out the sick. Once upon a time, we did crusades. Once upon a time, we, 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 we moved mountains. But there comes a time where the love of the world or the love for the world creeps in. When God is good, my relationship with him is good. When God is not performing, if he really wants me to show up, let him perform. He's going to find me. All right? There is a call. That is immaturity. There is a call to a deeper place. A call to a place of maturity. A place where the promise is activated. Do not forget where we started from. A place where the promises are activated. A place where the anchor holds. A call from being babes. A call from immaturity. A call to rise up in stature. Like we read in Luke chapter 1 verse 80. A call to be strengthened in spirit. That our time and our season of manifestation might come. It is my prayer that as you receive this word and as you allow it to be mixed with faith and as you allow the Spirit of God to show you areas in your life of deficiencies, that you will allow him to come in. You allow him to show you those areas that you need to be revisited and that you will cooperate with his Spirit. That your growth, your light will break forth. Your light will break forth in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you that your light will break forth. Every promise, every prophecy over your life, hanging over your life, that the word of God has said concerning you, that the voice of God over your life has decreed in accordance with scripture, none of it will return void. In the mighty name of Jesus, all of it will come to pass. As you begin to rouse yourself and you say, I will no longer remain a child. I will no longer remain a baby. I'm going to take responsibility for my spiritual growth. Whether there is an economic recession, whether there is no economic recession, whether people are happy, whether people are not happy, I am going to commit to the study of the word. I'm going to commit to prayer. I'm going to commit to intercession. I'm going to ensure that there is constantly fire on this altar it's a difficult one i know but his grace is more than sufficient when the lord told us as a church since december last year to get up every morning every weekday 5 a.m to pray just for an hour to intercede this was since last year now we see the results of prayer and we are encouraged more than ever to continue encouraged more than ever to continue dear child of god this is not the time to throw away your bible this is the time to draw closer to him. Your growth is a must in these times. Your growth is a must. And it is my prayer that you will come up higher. You will come up either. You will leave the place of infancy. You will leave the face of toddlerhood. And you will come up to a place of maturity. A hunger for his word. A passion for prayer is restored. Is rebirth in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. I just want to pray with you very quickly. If you're under the sound of my voice and you're saying, well, maybe I've been following, I've never believed. Maybe I've been in church, but I've never been in Christ. Today is a good day of salvation. I would just love to pray with you and agree with you. You might even know the prayer. You've been in church that long. You know all the motions. You know what the gospel is. Jesus died. He was buried. He rose again. He is alive today. He's coming back. His spirit lives in me. You know all the scriptures. But I'm praying beyond an intellectual engagement that the spirit of God will invade your space. That your heart indeed will be rebirthed. That you will come alive in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for as many who have not made this decision before. And they are saying these words are causing my heart to be stirred. It's causing a burning in my heart. I feel that it is time to make a decision. I agree with your son. I agree with your daughter. As they acknowledge their sin and their need for a savior. That you will come into their life. They will be changed forever. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for as many who feel stuck. They feel stuck. They feel stuck. They've been around for so long. But things don't seem to be moving. I pray for a grace for progress. A grace for speed. A grace for progress. A grace for speed. An anointing for exploits. Let it be released upon them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you gracious father. Praise and honor be unto your name. For in Jesus name we have prayed. In Jesus name we have prayed. Come on wherever you are. Depending on where you are and what you are doing. If you can. Come on give the Lord a big shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. As you can see, I miss the physical gathering. 
and I miss everyone so much. We can't wait to have you back. We know this is going to be over very soon. And we are going to come out victorious. You will not be lost in the middle of all of this. No loved one of yours. We cover you with the blood. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father. For in Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Such a privilege once again to have us. Permit us to come into your homes where you have been exposed to the word of God. We are sure you have been blessed. Do not forget to join us. Next time, Wednesdays at 7, Sundays at 10 a.m. We look forward to seeing you in person at a time that we can. But for now, stay plugged to all our social media channels as we continue to bring the word of God to you on a regular basis. Praise God. As a church, we've not stopped giving. As a church, we've not stopped giving. If this is your church or you just love to be a part of the giving, please do so. And God bless you richly in Jesus' name. I decree and declare that your week is blessed. Your week is blessed. Your steps are divinely ordered. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. If you can find somebody near you and share the grace with them and say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Find somebody and hold them. Has to be somebody in your house, please. Somebody you've otherwise been living with. Hold them. It could be a sibling. It could be a spouse. It could be a child. Say, surely God's goodness. Surely, surely God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell we shall dwell in the presence of the lord forever and ever amen you are blessed remember you are a champion and it is through your year of shining god bless you thank you so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what god is doing in our midst feel free to join us on sundays at 10 a.m or wednesdays at 7 p.m to be a part of the giving you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you're a champion. God bless you.